Hello, I'm Katie Harrison and this is Stepmom Space, the judgment-free zone where we'll talk candidly about the fairy tales and scary tales of stepmom life. So whether you've been a stepmom for years, you're just starting out, or you want to understand the stepmom in your life a little bit better, this is the place for you. Nowadays, most stepfamilies are formed out of separation rather than death. But of course, this isn't always the case, and my guest today, Beth, not her real name, has been in a relationship with a widowed dad of two for a year now. Beth got in touch with me to share her story. So Beth, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. How are you? Yes, really well, thank you. Really well. The 2022 is going really well so far. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. So tell us a little bit about when you met your partner. Yes, so we met uh, just over a year ago um, on the build up to Christmas 2020. Um, And we actually met on an online dating app. Uh, He instigated it, I'd like to say. And um, yeah, and then then we just sort of started chatting, really. And how how did it kind of pan out? When did you find out he was a dad? And when did you find out the, the sort of background of his story? Yeah, it was pretty much straight away. So his profile, he was really transparent. He he mentioned that he listed himself as a widower. He mentioned that he had two children. Um, so I knew from the start that that was kind of his story. And actually something that I um, remembered he put on his profile that was um, quite refreshing was I think something around name your three biggest achievements or proudest achievements. And he actually listed his late wife, which mm. I thought was very sweet um, and very refreshing to kind of have that on this you know profile which is quite rare so um yeah so I knew from the start I think a lot of women would find that really difficult to to start a relationship with a man who sort of had that in their past was that a concern for you at all um it was it was different it wasn't a concern at that stage I think we were very much in lockdown and I was very much open to I've been single for a while and open to exploring dating again and and all of that and I just wanted to keep a real open mind and not have like to be too prescriptive about who I was looking for and obviously when his profile came up I was kind of like okay none of this really ticks the typical boxes (laughs) never Um, does (laughs) no it doesn't and this one really didn't in terms of location I'd never dated anyone with children before Um, obviously never never dated anyone who was a widower before um, but it was just, I think, the honesty and all the other stuff that was on his profile that was really interesting. So when did you meet the kids? That was actually a long time. So it was a good nine months um, before we met. And I think, you know, a lot of that was around being in the pandemic. And we didn't actually meet face to face until this time last year, actually. So we started off by doing some FaceTime, FaceTime cocktail nights, FaceTime <laughs> making dinners together and really getting to know each other, like really, really getting to know each other, which you typically wouldn't do if you just met in a bar, I guess. So yeah, we left it a long time. And it must have been unusual going from sort of never having dated somebody with kids to suddenly dating somebody who's got their kids full time. Yeah, and that that was it. He did have them full time. So it was, you know, very much... He'd have so much to sort of talk about. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, we're in a lockdown and I've been online and done some work. And, you know, <laughs> whereas he'd been doing stuff with them. So it was um, quite strange and new, but for some reason didn't ever feel alien or just it just kind of felt very natural from the start, really. That's good. And um, when you met the children, how was that? 
Yeah, so we did it purposely. We met actually. I I booked a cottage by the sea for my my birthday weekend, and I'd had various friends come in and out that weekend, and I sort of said um, to my partner, perhaps it would be a good time if to meet the boys, and we talked about it. And I said, what I could do is invite loads of friends with their kids, and you know, it's just like meeting daddy's friend, you know, mm. and lots of other children being there. Um, but I have to say, I was incredibly nervous. And how old yeah. were they at this point, the kids? So the youngest was four and the oldest was just turned nine actually just turned nine so yeah there's quite a gap between them Uh, but what was lovely was that a couple of my friends had children who were the same age so I'd kind of surrounded myself and purposely so actually nearer the time to kind of get to know really what that age meant and what their interests were and what it was like to be around children that age not having children myself. So you're in this cottage you've got these kids and you're kind of you know deep down that you're probably more than just dad's friend but obviously and probably all the other grown-ups there knew that as well so how was it with the children it was lovely I was I was absolutely terrified I felt physically sick before they arrived and luckily a couple of my friends arrived before and they were kind of like you'll be fine you can do this I love you blah 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 and it was just okay and I, I still remember it really clearly like coming around the car park and they just paid for the parking meter and then there they were these two children that I'd seen pictures of and videos mm. of and and actually they'd even kind of interrupted some of our um zoom calls type thing some night but yeah it was it was very strange so you mentioned they were four and nine when you met them at what age were they when their mum passed away they were three and just turned eight Okay, so not that long, really, for them for them to sort of be meeting somebody else. How did they react to you? Um, well, I guess because I was just Daddy's friend. Daddy has lots of friends, <laughs> not necessarily female friends, hopefully. But um, you know, I think he's a very sociable man, and I think you know, as time's gone on, because he was keen to to take full responsibility for children and not introduce sort of a nanny or a full-time childminder I guess there were times when you know new people were being introduced um, there were babysitters so I don't think it was abnormal for them at that stage for daddy to have a friend to introduce them to and I think he had subtly mentioned my name in certain conversations prior to that so Mm. it was kind of warming them up to this person but yeah it was very much just daddy's friend so I don't think they didn't come across that they'd put too much thought in it or it was a a big deal for them at that stage. They must have at some stage worked out that you were more than just a friend. So talk us through that. Yeah, that's been an interesting one because we really just wanted to see how it all panned out rather than going in with a time frame or a strategy. So first of all, it was just to establish, like, you know, are there any issues here? Like, is this going to cause any emotional problems? And then we just kind of thought, you know what, let's just leave this until perhaps they raise it. So we did. We left it for some time. And actually, just to say, after that weekend, I ended up being with them every weekend. And we'd made quite a conscious decision to do that, to keep things moving and keep them warm and keep them familiar. So the initial conversation was... Um, Daddy really likes Beth and wants to spend some more time with her. Is that okay with both of you? And it was like, yeah, yeah, sure, Daddy, sure, Daddy, type thing. So then we just saw more of each other, of the four of us, and then just waited for the question. And actually, we expected it more from the eldest, but it just didn't really ever come. That's amazing. And, you know, as you were telling the story, I was thinking, God, how lucky that, you know, he, when when the child was asked the question, is that okay? The child said yes. Um, yeah. Because, you know, so many times we hear that, children have 
an influence in a way that isn't helpful to the relationship so how brilliant that um that he was in that place and it says a lot about obviously the situation around him going from sort of being a single woman to being in a relationship and almost having a sort of ready formed family must have been a massive transition for you and particularly in you know most situations there is an ex-wife or an ex-partner um obviously in in yours there wasn't so how how does that feel for you I think there'll be a lot of people listening thinking God, I don't know if I could do that like I'd be comparing myself or I'd be wondering about you know how the boys were feeling about it being me there and not their mum like can you share a bit about that yeah I mean that there's a lot in that for, for sure and I think um you know first of all I'd never felt I compared myself to his late wife I think because he was very open and transparent and would speak to me about her from day one really and so I felt like I got to know a lot about her and we aren't that similar certainly from a visual perspective background um interests profession you know we're very separate different people mm. So I guess that kind of helped in a way that I guess if you were similar, you'd be thinking in the back of your mind, oh, am I just replacing, you know, am I just filling this gap? I never got that sense from him at all. He's just sounds, he came across very like grounded, very matter of fact, you know, I'd spent some time to process this and, and the loss. And I think I didn't ever have that insecurity that I was replacing some someone that, that was missing. I think it was mm. just circumstantial that um, we just had chemistry. I think where it's come more into play for me is the element of always being very present for us. So okay. whether that be, you know, pictures around the house, which you would expect and I want to see because we need to keep the memory of her alive for the boys. Absolutely. But there are certain things like they've got four candles on the fireplace with the initials, you know, and you yeah. just kind of think, oh, over time, you think, where do I do I ever, am I ever going to fit into this? um you know group and how does that work and then you know there's certain conversations where the boys will just bring up mummy and but the 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 lovely thing about it is they never seem to feel awkward about it and I never get awkward about it I'm very conscious to kind of be very attentive when they do yeah and and you know make sure that they know it's a safe space for them to talk about it but it does sort of catch your breath every now and then you think oh yeah sorry there is that woman that you know actually carried you and raised you and brought you into this world um, who was my partner's wife, who he loved dearly. And, you know, they met at university. So they were together a very long time. So mm. you can't you can't compare yourself with that. You just you just be losing the battle. I think a lot of women would also probably wonder about whether is it sometimes easier to form a new relationship with somebody when you don't have an ex in the background? Yeah, I think there is an element of that. I think I've got the only people I've had where I can really talk to about some of this stuff, other, uh, you know, and obviously listen to your podcast is when they've got stepchildren or they've remarried. But there's the ex in the background. And I hear some of the stories that they have to deal with, you know, where the, either it be the male or the female partner have been quite difficult, manipulative, whatever, use the kids as bait, as it were. You know, I don't have any of that. Um, and obviously, I would always, my preference would always have been for the boys to have their mother there's part of me that thinks could I have done this if she was around I don't know I wonder if that's where insecurities comparisons all that comes really into play when that person is present that's really really interesting I've never thought about it like that um and I and I suppose uh, you know what I've often found is that when somebody's passed away 
people only ever talk about the positives about that person. Whereas when people have split up, you know, there's normally a really good reason. So you can kind of understand that actually they split up for a reason. Um, mm. So it's really interesting to hear to hear your take on it. Yeah, and I do only hear the positives, you know, whether that be, you know, I've met a lot of friends now, a lot of mutual friends and, you know, we're building our own friendships now. And I've obviously met his family who have got pictures as well all around the house, which, you know, I was warned about, which yeah. is lovely because, you know, she was a very big part of their life and you can't take that away from them. And I wouldn't want to, absolutely. And I guess it, where it gets a bit different is when you think, okay, well then how how do you do that for your partner? And when does that, you know, what's the boundary? What's the line there mm. in terms of facilitating that? And how's, yeah. how, how have you found that line? I don't know I think we're working through that I think it's been that's where it's been a bit challenging for me because if you you know for example like a Facebook profile if you um, were to go into a new relationship you wouldn't delete the pictures of your your ex but you wouldn't necessarily have them visible where he had a background picture of the four of them up until very very recently and it's difficult because I want him to go on that journey by himself I want him to take actions and steps when he's ready I don't want him to do it for me but that one I did have to raise with him I did I did speak to him in just the sense of just letting him know how how I felt about that you know and he just said oh you know I'll I'll do something I'll take it down I said no 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 I don't want you to do that I don't you know you need to do things like that when you're ready but I want to be open with you about how these things feel for me and this is how I felt yeah, and that's so important because, you know, you're obviously so empathetic to how he's feeling and how the boys are feeling and al- almost always, like a lot of women, putting everybody else's needs in front of yours. Mm. And and you matter in this scenario as well. Yeah, that's something that took a long while for me to realise that. And, um, you know, I very much was, it was, the ball was always on, in his court. It was always kind of as and when he could you know um at the, the early days get someone to look after the boys and then it was you know everything fits around with the boys and their activities so I was almost like in limbo land all the time mm. and it would be like two days before and it'd be like we can do this and I'd be like oh great so I would like purposely keep my calendar free to fix around him which was starting to have a bit of impact on you know my independence and exactly as you said like what's important to me and what I want just wasn't yeah. really part of it in the early days and it's only now we're starting you know I feel like I'm starting to sort of get a bit more balance with that now. Um, So how has it been meeting his family and the boys grandparents? Yeah it was um, so interesting enough the first FaceTime we did over Christmas when we just literally met on this app he was in lockdown with his sister and her husband and we had the FaceTime all together but the scary one was the parents I just thought I just don't be able to do this it just felt like so much pressure because we'd known each other a year pretty much or near enough and you know I was like you know fully in love with this guy you know going into the lounge and seeing pictures of their like their their wedding picture and you know pictures of her Mm. it was a bit like whoa okay I felt a bit like impostery type thing and it must be so hard for them because I guess you know they whilst they're obviously mourning the loss of their daughter-in-law they want their son to go on and find love again and they want their grandchildren to you know have a female in their life so 
I, you know, I can imagine they're kind of sitting there going, well, do we take the pictures down? What do we do? We don't want the kids to think, you know, that we've forgotten about their mum, but we don't want Beth to feel awkward. So it's probably a whole lot of conversations going on their side. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think we, we've spoke about this. I've had quite a few conversations with his mum and I just said, oh, I was so nervous when I met you and blah, blah, blah. she's like well we were nervous as well you know we kind of had that real heart to heart and it was nice to see that you know the human side from them as well though I saw that very quickly because they're just really lovely people. Do you ever feel like am I doing it right am I doing it the way that their mum would have done it or are you quite confident carving out your own role in their life? Mm, it's a good question I think in the early days because they I was very aware that they were grieving as well my partner was having some troubles with the eldest sleeping and he'd wake up crying for mummy. And I just really wanted to be there for my partner in terms of support because it was lovely that he was confiding in me. Um, so I did a lot of swatting and reading on ch- child grievance and just to kind of get a bit more confidence and did sort of seek out some, um, a, a, you know, networks, obviously come across your podcast, which my partner actually introduced me to. Oh, good man. Yeah, which was amazing, like so helpful just to feel a bit more normal. But yeah, in terms of raising and being involved in that kind of stuff, I think I've definitely done my own thing. I've, you know, I think advice to anyone is you know in order to maintain a sustainable relationship and for them really to trust you you've got to be your authentic self you can't Mm. go in there like trying to be this fun client not that you know I am fun by the way but you know like you can't (laughs) I am I am fun (laughs) I am I try and tell that myself every day so you have to be your authentic self but there are moments where I do think you know what what would she think and actually do you know what the pictures are the, the reminders of that and sometimes I just catch myself kind of looking at them and thinking like god would she be like would she be okay with this like is that the right thing to say so sometimes it does impact me yeah and you know I think most women I mean I've certainly had the conversation with my partner if something were to happen to me I would want him to find love again and I would want my children to be loved so Mm. I think that's probably all that any biological mother would ask for You spoke a little bit before about some of the guilt that you'd felt around you being with the boys and not their mum. Yeah, it's um, something that catches me off guard every now and then. I think like we went to um, the oldest hockey match and he's doing so well, given he's just started. And it was just so amazing to be there and be that support for him. But then there's times where I think, you know, oh, you know, she's she carried him. She raised him into this alongside my partner, this remarkable young man and you do get this like pangs of guilt that she did all the hard bit and I'm like getting the fun bit and actually it was funny um I got quite emotional on her birthday actually just felt really sad Mm. for her I think Mm. yeah and I guess the closer you get to the boys almost the closer you get to her because she's somebody in their life yeah exactly and like I said they do talk about her a lot it's something that's very much always going to be there always something we need to talk about and you think you think everything's going fine and then he'll have perhaps a sleepless night and it will be crying for mummy or something like that and then you feel like okay yeah this is this isn't something that's gonna go away this is like something that's going to come up yeah for the rest and, of his life potentially yeah and I mean that's that's a lot for somebody to take on yeah it is and but it doesn't feel it. <laughs> that sounds strange. 
well I mean I guess so many all relationships have complexities don't they and you know when you're in this situation I guess everybody is supporting your relationship whereas sometimes when you've got an ex-wife on the scene and you know ex-in-laws on the scene and children going back and forth and hearing all sorts of things like a lot of the stories that we hear on the show yeah perhaps in your situation because everybody wants it to work you know you've really got that going for you yeah and we have and also my partner's incredible he's been so supportive and so like I don't want to, it's grateful the right word I don't know but you know he'll send me like a bunch of flowers with like the sweetest cards that just say you know so lucky to have you in our lives and just things like that but mm. just just make it feel like he's not taking this for granted he's not he appreciates and understands what I'm doing and what I'm having to you know almost sacrifice I suppose and what it does involve with me so I don't feel like I have to feel it or say it because he's already there. Obviously there's this part of the children's lives and your partner's lives which part of that will always live on through the boys and in the ways that you talk about keeping the memories alive but you know you have a future as well so what are your hopes for the future for you and, and your partner and the boys? Yeah, it's something I've, I've been rubbish at ever thinking about for myself. And we we speak about the future a lot. I mean, obviously, we're still very early days. Um, and, you know, they've been through a lot. And obviously, the boys will always come first and their emotional stability will always be, be the priority. We've talked about having our own child. And I, I've been quite open that, you know, I would like to have a child with him. And I don't think it's even, I don't think it would add anything to us in the sense of my relationship with the boys. I think it would just be like almost like the icing on the cake. And I Mm. think where I worry if we weren't to consider that, um, there's always this niggle in the back of my mind that if anything was to happen to our relationship, I would lose a family overnight. And that's quite scary. But I think there's a lot, lots of hurdles for us to get through. I think I still feel like for not for me and my partner, but for the boys, I feel like we're still in this honeymoon period. Um, And obviously we're pre-teens. So, you know, I'm under no illusion there's going to be some challenges. And I feel like I just want to make sure that they're in a really good position and we're in a really good position before we start to complicate our lives even more than what it is right now. Well, it sounds, I mean, life's so unpredictable, as as you well know, um, but it sounds like you're in such a really strong place and I think having the support of your partner and those people around you um has obviously really helped you on your journey I guess I'm interested to find out what advice you would give to somebody else who's thinking about dating a widower with kids yeah absolutely um I think really take your time to get to know each other as a relationship and really kind of set those strong foundations and make sure that you I don't think there's a wrong or right time to introduce the children. We, we did wait quite a long time. I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but I think just make sure that this is something that has got legs because with children who are grieving or have had a loss, you know, it's a lot of a, it's a lot more damaging to them if they were to then lose again, rather than, you know, um, if you've still got your, you know, your mother alive. So it's a bit different to kind of, I would say, typical step step family. So really do take your time to to make sure that you spend enough time getting to know each other. And also, you know, once you have introduced the children, your lives change so dramatically. Enjoy it. Enjoy doing like your weekends and getting away and having fun. Um, I think also don't overthink it. Try and go with the flow as much as you can. 
um again going back to my point it's just being your authentic self when you do meet them don't try and be something you're not or something you think that they want because that's not sustainable and kids need consistency and they need trust especially with what they've been through so just really be yourself um build your own support you know I obviously had like your podcast I've done reading I got a coach for other reasons but ended up really helping me making sure that you Although you will naturally want to put them first because you want to see them and building those relationships will be your focus. Make sure that you've got your own outlet, like whether it be a gym or something, because you don't want to bring any of the wobbles that you might have to that home environment with the kids there. Like make sure you release that somewhere else or you've got someone you can talk to. And it's not just your partner all the time because they've got their own things going on at the moment. So you need your own support network. Um, I think key is to be open and transparent with your partner um, from the start. You know, if something's upset you uh, or made you have a wobble, like speak to them about it as and when it occurs. Don't let it fester because it can quickly spiral out of control. And I wasn't very good at that at the start. And I'd kind of bottle things for three weeks. And then all of a sudden it comes out and he's sort of looking at me and going, why didn't we talk about this at the time? You know, because I was feeling this or, you know, I thought we were thinking that. So really try and trust in that relationship because if you if you can trust in that relationship then that's going to be a successful relationship anyway and if you can't then there's other questions you've got to ask yourself you know of what, what's going on there um just be patient um you know if it's if it's going to be a great relationship and it's going to work out then don't rush it just just really let it happen when it's right um and goes back to my point earlier, allow yourself to ask for what you want. Um, absolutely get all consumed with them and their routine and their wants and needs at the start. But make sure that you do take control back on some of that stuff and really allow yourself to ask for what you want and share your wishes for the future. Because if you don't, all that will do is build up in resentment and just damage your relationship anyway. So take the plunge and be bold and brave and... Um, you know, ask for what you want because there's two of you in this relationship. Four of us, actually. <laughs> it's so much good advice there. And I think for, for kind of any woman going into any relationship, um, a, a lot of good advice. We're, we tend to not be very good at prioritising our own needs. So, Beth, I absolutely love talking with you today. Thank you so much for sharing um, your journey with us. I know there'll be a lot of women listening who will have taken something from the conversation and it's just such a privilege to be trusted with your story. So thank you. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure and um, yeah it was great to talk about it to be honest. Like therapy isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I won't bill you. <laughs> <laughs> well that's it for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. A massive thanks to Beth for sharing her story and a huge thank you to you all who've been in touch with me. It's meant the absolute world to get all your messages and hear how the podcast has helped you. If you've got a story you'd like to share on Stepmom Space, then please do get in touch. You can find me on all the socials at Stepmom Space or at stepmomspace.com. And of course, if you've enjoyed this episode, please do spread the word, rate, review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening.